You're listening to the John Clark Cast. My name is John Clark, and I'm your host, licensed counselor, group practice owner, and a guide for therapists trying to build a better business without all the overwhelm. And today we are continuing our unofficial uh, therapist success stories in private practice and uh, by interviewing another one of my uh, former coaching clients, uh, Marianne. So um, really fun episode. In this episode, we're talking all about um, how Marianne helps women to thrive in midlife, how persistence is key, how she has overcome doubt along the way, how she has managed to block out the noise, and Marianne's advice for every therapist in private practice. All right, let's dive in. Building a private practice can be tough, but I believe that it doesn't have to be. And so uh, I I like to help you make things a whole lot easier. Um, If you're interested in working with me, head to thejohnclark.com and uh, apply for a free strategy session. That's thejohnclark.com to apply for a free strategy session. Um, In the meantime, do me a big favor, rate, review, and subscribe to this show wherever you are listening. That really helps us get the word out and continue to grow the show. And um, otherwise, tell a friend uh, about the show as well. Share your favorite episode. And um, thank you in advance for helping us uh, move things forward. Marianne Darty is on the show with me today. <laughs> She's an LCSW, um, EMD Aria certified. I never know if is it EMD Aria or Imdria? Imdria, yeah. Imdria. I've always said EM, <laughs> EMD Aria in my head because that's catchier to me. Um, EMDR certified therapist and busy solo psychotherapy practice owner at Happy Valley counseling in state college pennsylvania she recently opened an online coaching business focused on helping women in midlife find purpose and passion in the second part of their lives she's been in the social work field for 25 years and started her career in women-centered community-based programs Uh, marianne lives in state college with her husband greg her two kids julia 17 and zach 21 and her two fur babies she enjoys spending time with friends and family creating delicious food (laughs) and dancing to 80s music i'm assuming you do those things all at once creating delicious food and dancing to 80s music in the kitchen absolutely i got my alexa (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the show Marianne, I made it through your intro with only a few <laughs> missteps, and here we are. How are you Thank doing? You. I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. The sun is shining here in State College, which is pretty yeah. novel. So yeah, I've heard y'all got slammed all good. this winter. I was talking to someone yesterday from uh, oh, Mifflinburg or something, and he was saying last PA? week. Was, yeah. Really? Mm. I- that's pretty close to here, oh, I think. Is. Okay. Yeah. He was saying that 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 um they were slammed last week, enough to oh shut down God. the therapy practice. It it has been, it has been harsh. Like been like six months of winter. Mm. Ugh. You know when it's too yeah. cold to do therapy that it's that that's real cold. <laughs> <laughs> when people are like, I don't yeah. care how 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 bad I feel today. I'm not leaving the house for therapy. <laughs> Yeah, that's where telehealth comes in. There you go. Yeah. I like that. 
Well, let's start off. Um, maybe fill us in a little bit more just on kind of who you are and how you got here. And then we'll get into talking more about uh, you and your business. Yeah, sure. Thanks for asking. Um, you know, when you said I've been doing this for 25 years, it's like, eek, really? God, it's been that long, but it really has. Um, so basically, I, like a lot of people, you know, I've changed course many times. Mm. Um, I started out in nonprofit. And my first job out of grad school was uh, I was making my salary was $26,000. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. And my student loans were way more than that. Yeah, so, they were $26,000 a month. <laughs> yes. So I thought, wow, this isn't really going to work. Um, so, but I really loved the work and, um, worked, um, with women's issues. Also worked, um, with homelessness issues too. Mm -hmm. And then life took me to Seattle and I had a baby and like most women, a lot of women, we have to, you know, who have kids have to make that choice. Like, okay. Daycare, which is great. Mm. Um, or, you know, a combination of daycare and work. And I decided to stay home actually for like seven years and have both my kids got a mm. little bit off track, moved to the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, and kind of had to reinvent, um, you know, really myself and what I wanted to do professionally. Mm. I was definitely ready to go back to work um, full time. But we are in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Um, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, so there's a lot going on in Cleveland. But, um, yeah, there's not a whole ton going on around here. We're all about Penn State, and I really didn't want to work for the university. So um, I decided to get back into uh, take a more clinical direction and got my license and PA and did all that and ended up working for a couple of years with the supervision, which actually is hard to find around here at uh, a hospital outpatient. Um, the hospital also had a locked psych floor. Um, so it was, it was pretty much like got thrown into the deep end. <laughs> and actually the, the person who I replaced in that role was there for two days. I didn't know about this mm -hmm. until my first day of work. Um, she had quit by leaving a note on the desk saying, I can't do this or something like that. Like she didn't even, <laughs> she was just like out. <laughs> so um, that was sounds like a bad breakup. It sounds like the way someone in a <laughs> bad relationship would, would leave just a post-it right? note on the fridge. I can't even look you in the eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, we're we're out of milk and I'm leaving you. Yes. I quit. So, yeah. So that really built my confidence up in that job when I first started. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, so then I moved to a group practice that was owned by several psychiatrists and, um, you know, you talk about like intersection of personal life and, and private life. I was in a very unhappy marriage and 
um, did a lot of soul searching and decided to leave that marriage. But I also realized I can't be on my own making such little money and working so many hours. Mm-hmm. So I decided to, this was like nine years ago, I decided to start my own practice. I really didn't think too much about it. Mm-hmm. I just did it and took insurance at the time. And so here I am. And two years ago, I went all private pay, mm-hmm. which kind of started my path of really thinking about myself as an entrepreneur um, and really thinking about what that means to me. I think when you taking insurance is great and I'm, you know, I'm not saying anything negative about that, but for me, it's just really, it was really hard to do the billing and chase the money and be on the phone with the insurance companies and be really doing good work with my clients. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't want to hire anybody to do all that for me. So here I am. What have been the hardest parts of private practice for you? Um, I, I think one of the hardest parts is just sort of being seen, you know, and, and, when you work for somebody else, at least this has been the case for me, you know, we're given clients, right? So somebody calls, the intake person gives you whoever, and you just got to figure out how to do it. Yeah. You, you, um, you take that part for granted a little bit until that part's all up to you. Yeah. It's like you don't love it at the time. <laughs> But it, you know, going out on your own really forces you to think about those things. Who do I want? Who do I want to work with? How do I present myself to them to offer what I have to offer um, in a way that speaks to them, and also so you know they can see who I am. Um, and. And the shift from that has also, I got to say, has been really challenging too because, you know, I'm older. I'm, I've been doing this for a while and it used to be that, you know, we were trained like blank slate and I know a lot of us talk about this, but, you know, it's not okay to, to be transparent in these ways. It's really not okay to show who you are. And I just... I I don't don't really like that. I yeah. just that's not not that I you know talk about myself and my sessions the whole session, but I mean that just is what makes you human. So I think that's been hard for me to make that shift. It's still hard for me. Yeah, um, part of it, it is was, be, becoming who you're going to become clinically, while at the same time getting better at communicating that to your potential clients and through your marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like what makes you different? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, you know, made me be really self-reflective about what kinds of clients give me energy, who I'm great working with, who um, I feel that sort of heart connection with, um, and the work, and I've always been really passionate about women's issues, and love working with women. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, that sort of vulnerability piece, that, that's not, you know, we're not taught, is taught to be vulnerable as clinicians. Mm-hmm. And yet that's how we connect. Yes. Yeah. Ironic. It's hard for me to imagine you not being yourself in session. <laughs> <laughs> Just from, from knowing you. And I, I think, you. I, I think like I really struggle with that. I think that's why, I, I think that's, that's why I started getting really burned out, mm. you know, before I went to, full to hold in. Yeah. And, and switching between kind of playing the role as a therapist and then kind of letting it all go and being able to breathe again and totally being ourselves is, is a challenge no matter yeah. how, how long you've been doing this. Cause you, I was talking to someone about this last night, you know, we are playing a role for our clients right? Depending on what they need, right? If the client is really falling apart and they need us to be extra strong or extra, you know what I mean? Kind of like holding that space for them versus we need to be more loose or more, you know, soft or whatever it is. Um, We're constantly kind of, if you're doing this kind of modern interactive psychotherapy, we're constantly shape-shifting based on what's going on, based on the person's energy. Um, It's, it's a lot to manage. And I think, it sure I think we probably underestimate, <clears throat> you know, how that factors in and how that burns people out um, slowly, but, but surely, especially yes. if you're not careful and especially in private practice and especially mm-hmm. in solo private practice. So, oh yeah, you know, so how have you mitigated that part? How have <laughs> you <laughs> stuck with it? <laughs> That's such a good question. Um, I, that was the piece I really didn't think about when I, sort of said, okay, I'm doing this thing. Um, it, it Luckily, when I first moved, I moved into an office where there were multiple clinicians. Luckily, but unluckily, we were all behind closed doors and we hardly ever talked to each other because mm. we were always with clients. <laughs> so that's been really something um, that's been challenging because I am – like an introvert extrovert, you know, Mm. and I, I really, um, have to try hard to connect with my friends, colleagues doing, um, consultation, Mm -hmm. um, that sometimes ends up being, you know, just kind of drinking some wine and laughing, which is fine. Um, but yeah, it's really challenging right now. I have, um, I was going to start a group practice, and so I, I moved into a bigger suite and changed course again and decided not to do that. And as you know, and um, now I have a massage therapist in my space mm-hmm. and she has one employee and that's been good. Mm. You know, at least I see other humans besides, I mean, my clients are great. <laughs> But I see other people too. And just even having a little bit of chit chat in between Mm -hmm. sessions with somebody else where I'm not their therapist is really Mm -hmm. great. Yeah. It helps. And it almost uh, can be kind of nice to connect with people who are non therapists. I think we underestimate how um, 
how good that can be for us. Do, do me a favor. Can you scoot toward the middle of the screen for me? There you oh, go. yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're like slowly, I'm slouching. Slowly leaving. I'm like, uh, it's early. It's <laughs> it's actually early for me. I don't start seeing clients till 10, so I had to get up early. <laughs> <laughs> slowly falling over due to lack of coffee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. So, um, well, what has what has helped the most in running a successful practice? Um, what has helped the most in running a successful practice? I mean, really like just perseverance, you know, Mm. like just not giving up, just recognizing that there are going to be dips. I don't know. I mean, recognizing that, in a lot of ways does make it easier to deal with, but there are going to be ups and downs. And because I'm, I'm private pay now, the ups and downs are more frequent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, just like thinking of new things, implementing them, um, just keep going, mm-hmm. you know, just, building yourself up, do practicing. I practice a lot of self-compassion, which really helps me because like a lot of people, I tend to really, I'm so hard on myself. Mm-hmm. So just like keep swimming, man. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's easy to get pulled around by the highs and lows of, of private practice. You oh, know, God. Yeah. Therapists have a really good week. And it's like, you know, I made 3000 bucks this week or whatever. All my clients showed up and the next week I made a thousand bucks and half my clients canceled and our emotions just follow suit. They just completely follow the ebbs and flows of the day, the week, the month. And we lose, we constantly lose sight of the bigger picture, which is that if you did have, you know, one week, a $3,000 week and a $1,000 week. Well, at the end of the month, like there's usually, we're usually somewhere in between when we find averages. Um, and we, we, you know, we have a hard time remembering the averages or remembering that fluctuation is normal the same way fluctuation in our clients lives is normal or, you know what I mean? Any, anything in a business is going to be dynamic and shifting. And as much as we want private practice to be perfectly stable and predictable, there's inevitably variability and that always kind of shakes us up a little bit and sometimes makes us think about quitting or maybe going back to the group practice or an agency or whatever it is. You know, I think a lot of therapists insurance, please take me back. Yeah. Or get back on. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a lot of therapists yeah. in a panic. Well, they'll think that's the first thing I should do. Yeah. I also think it, it's been challenging for me, um, with regard to moving to self-pay because, um, I don't really, there's only one other clinician I know who is self-pay in town. I don't know everybody, but I do know a lot of people. And, um, so like, because the university is, I mean, we have like 40,000, that's just undergrad students. Um, The need is huge. 
uh, grad students are uh, also a really sort of population that's in need of a lot of mental health care. <laughs> we all understand mm-hmm. that. Um, and, and so all my colleagues who take insurance are full, full, full. Mm-hmm. Nope. Can't take any referrals or full. And, and, and I'm over here like, okay, I have some openings, but you know, so, so it's kind of hard to hold the course sometimes when you don't have local support and the online community community has been really key for me mm-hmm. getting connected with with people online who have similar dreams and goals for their practices has been just amazing mm-hmm. well, I want to talk more about that here in a minute and about um, the coaching you're doing now yeah what else is what is there something that you wish you knew five years ago i i wish i would have known more about what it means to be an entrepreneur Mm, what does it mean to you it it means like really getting clear on what your values are aligning those with the steps that you take every day um being more conscious of work life. I hesitate to use this word, but work life balance, um, you know, um, and also how just sort of how, how the heck, I mean, how the hell do you run your own business? We, we, you know, we, we don't learn any of this stuff and it's, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. Yeah. It's humbling to think that we'll never know it all. (laughs) <laughs> yet it's exciting because there are new things to learn every day right <laughs> well that's the reframe right that yeah uh, you know a gap in your knowledge is an opportunity to yeah to stay curious and to go out and learn something i also wanted to mention that um you know i've the past two years um i ha- i did the emdr training and went through the certification process which is a lot of time and, and a financial commitment for sure. And it's just a lot. Um, and it's been amazing. And I, I use the bilateral stimulation on myself, Mm -hmm. not reprocessing, but to install, um, uh, positive reframes. That's great. Um, noticing in my body where I feel, where I feel it, Mm -hmm. saying it to myself, grabbing the tappers or looking at the light bar. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. And I use it that way with my clients too. Mm-hmm. Focusing on the winds. How does that feel in your body? Um, just hold that for a sec and let her go. And mm-hmm. I, I think it really helps shifts things. Well, we forget to use our own, you know, uh, our own kind of skills on ourselves. Um, and I think self-therapy, so to speak, is extremely valuable. And we do have to constantly re- reprogram our mindset because our minds, for whatever reason, are constantly at risk of being kind of deprogrammed or being kind of just thrown off by something, right? Or for for your your case, it's like being, uh, you know, one of the few private pay people in a market that's mostly insurance-based. The natural thought is what if no one pays me, right? 
what if my fee is too high? What if I never make X amount of dollars? Well, <clears throat> people are like, well, how do I, you know, get through that? Like I need this miracle, like Tony Robbins moment of breakthrough and I need to be sobbing uh, and like yeah. whatever. <laughs> or you just need to drive a more positive you know, reality-based thought into your mind over and over again. And the bilateral stimulation really reinforces that, you know, but part of it is just habit. So what's the opposite of yeah. the thought? What's the opposite of the doubt? If the doubt is yeah. I'll never make X amount of dollars, well, tell yourself I'm going to make X amount of dollars and put it into your mind over and over again every day. And at some point your mind just goes, this must be true. Yeah. And the unconscious I accepts show you, it. <clears throat> I want to show you something. <laughs> There it is. Can you see that? I love yep. it. That's on my wall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, so too, a, yeah, is it does <clears throat> It's your income goal, right? Yeah. Do you yeah. want to tell people what it is? Or? It's, sure. It's 20000 a month. Mm -hmm. We talked about that, right? Yeah. 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 Just, just. I look at it every day. Feeding it to yourself. Yeah. And what, what difference has it made? I mean, it's just always at the top of my mind, mm -hmm. right? Like, I have it in other in other places too. Um, I I don't, you know, consciously I don't notice it a lot, but you know, I know it's there. Mm -hmm. And then I make myself look at it mm -hmm. several times a day. <laughs> um, and you know, for me, it's not it's not just the money, right? Like, like it's going towards something, working on things that are meaningful mm -hmm. for us, for me, mm -hmm. um, and ending up in this place with an intention, with a, with a goal, mm -hmm. with an income goal. Without goals, we, we are just, we're just operating pretty randomly. You know, we know we want to go forward but until you sit down and go, what does that mean? Or have someone sit down with you and go, well, what is this? What does any of this mean? Where are you heading? You know, and most therapists will go, I don't know, just better, more, and more, 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 yeah. more and better. And, you know, I just want to be as good as my, the therapist next door or whatever. And, oh, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk for three hours about that, yeah. right? Yeah. Because I, I did want to say that, you know, you, you were mentioning the, okay, uh, you know, all these other practitioners are taking insurance and who's going to pay me, right? Um, I have those thoughts every day and that does happen. Mm -hmm. You know, I, people say I can't afford you mm -hmm. and that's too much and I really want to see you and, but, and it's all like, like it does happen for sure. And how can you let that, um, how can you work through that so yeah. it doesn't like take you down? Yep. It's hard. Yep. Cause then you're like, oh my God, I'm so fucking not worth that. Yep. Or yeah, this is, you know, if that part of your brain gets fed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It triggers your part, <clears throat> that part of your brain. And that part of your brain is really a hypothesis and all fears are hypotheses, right? It's a, what if, you know, what if my fee is actually too high, right? What if my business actually is going to collapse? And then we get one data point that, it's, you know, on that, in that direction and we go, Oh dear God, this is it. <laughs> yeah. That confirmation bias yeah. thing. Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. Yeah. One person yeah. told me my fee's too high. Therefore it must be 
Yeah. <laughs> discounting, yeah. you know, the 10 or 15 or 20 people or whatever who are already coming and paying that fee gladly. Yeah. We, we forget about that whole data set. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those yeah. don't count. Yeah. Yeah, those That's don't just... count. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But... <laughs> those were flukes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we have to laugh, uh, you know, at our mind's ability to, our mind's tendencies to doubt. You know, I was talking to, I, I do a little therapy these days just with kind of clients that have worked with me for years, but we, we meet online and we were talking about how, I don't, I don't know why this is, but again, our brains tend to uh, uh, lean toward fearful, irrational thoughts J just by nature. And I think part of it's adaptive, probably part of it's, uh, you know, like preparing us for danger or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but it just happens that I think, you know, our minds are inclined that way. And so mm -hmm. naturally our minds are constantly looking for threats versus looking for, Hey, this could be great. Hey, I think everyone's going to come and pay me this full fee. I think everything's <laughs> right. going to work out even better than I thought. I don't know. Right. I think most of our minds are not wired that way, you know, right. Certainly. If we not. talk about this with our clients, right? Of course. Yeah, we don't <laughs> apply it to ourselves. Right. Exactly. We know better as therapists. Yeah. 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 It's challenging um, working in therapy with other therapists. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I think as a client, I'm probably super fun to work with, but <laughs> yeah, me too. I find it challenging. <laughs> no, I think I'm my therapist's favorite client for sure. <laughs> oh, I know I am. Yeah. No, yeah. it, it, time <laughs> just goes so fast. <laughs> yeah. She hardly even has to talk, really. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, we've got a couple of minutes left and I want, okay. I want to hear you talk for just a minute about, um, and, and this is something that you had kind of, you were really kicking around more when I first met you and we first started working together, but was, um, wanting to do more than therapy, wanting to work with more women in midlife and, uh, also wanting to do more online stuff. So where are you at with that and tell people what's, what's driving that? What, what really fires you up about that? So in therapy, I love working with midlife women. Uh, I am a midlife woman, so I understand all that that means, at least for me. And it's a really big transitional time. I mean, things are changing fast. And you look around, and you're like, fuck, I'm like 50. What the hell? And so, so I see a lot of that doing therapy. And I see a lot of women who, and statistics back this up, actually, a lot of women in midlife who want to like ditch their corporate job and do something that means something. Um, women owned businesses are growing exponentially and women in midlife represent a huge portion of those people, those folks. And so, you know, there, there are certain things that come at this point in, in life, you know, you're more financially stable. If you have kids, they're older. Um, maybe your, yeah, your relationship is fine, and and you're looking for something that is is will connect you to sort of like your values and and like make your own money and not work for some nameless mm -hmm. corporation in a still what is a male dominated. Um you know, atmosphere. World, yeah. World, yeah, for sure. Mm. 
Awesome. I can't believe that 75 cents to a man's dollar is still happening, but it is. So I'm like hearing this like in my therapy practice. And I really, as I've gone through my own journey, I really want to help women at my age uh, with the mindset and the business savvy, because these are savvy women, right? They've, Mm -hmm. they have all this experience and knowledge and probably some nest egg who really want to do something with the second half of their lives that is powerful and meaningful um, to them and fill them, you know, fills them up rather than depletes them. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm working on my first opt-in. That's what I'm working on. Content. Oh, good, good. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm so used to writing like papers. I went to a really small liberal arts school yeah, for undergrad. Yeah. It's totally different, right? It's totally different. You can be much more yourself, I think. Can and should be much more yeah. yourself. In fact, if you're not, yeah. then you're really missing an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So. It's that's that whole. Um, being more transparent thing though, which requires vulnerability, which is challenging. hundred percent. Yeah. So that's what I'm working on. I love it. Yeah. And the other, <clears throat> the th- other thing with content is people don't realize the only way to get better at content is actually doing content <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> and not avoid. you mean and not avoiding it <laughs> and not avoiding it and not just going, Oh, I need to take one more course or read more content myself so I can learn how to do content. And oh my God, like, that's so mean. Yeah. It's like trying to learn how to play basketball without just playing basketball <laughs> and being like, yeah, I, just, I need the reps. <laughs> you just got to sit your ass down, right? <laughs> you have to. You do it. And then, you, yeah. you know, we look at other people and go, wow, theirs is so much better or their, you know, their videos are better, <laughs> this and that. And it's like, well, how do you think they got there? <laughs> like hundreds of iterations, hundreds of reps. Yeah. So, yeah, but I'm glad to hear yeah, you totally. getting in the reps. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Time is, you know, it's challenging my, yeah, with all the other stuff, but yeah, I am, I'm in it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, tell us, um, uh, so I'm going to obviously put these links in the show notes as always, but, um, wrap us up here and tell folks, um, uh, well, what's uh, wrap us up with two things. One, what is the one piece of advice you wish every therapist could hear right now? And then number two, just wrap, this up with um, uh, how people can find out about you and get in touch. Okay. Piece of advice, I guess, would be just keep going. Love it. Yeah. Simple, but hard to do. Got just it. keep going. Just get up, do it, do the thing. That's it. And um, my website is www.happyvalleycounseling.com. And I have a private Facebook group for midlife women. And I don't offhand know the link to that. I do. (laughs) Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash midlife women. Pretty simple. Thanks, John. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash midlife women. All one one word. Uh, You'll find the, uh, the Facebook group there. And then we'll put it in the show notes as well. Thanks. Marianne, thank you for doing this. I hope it wasn't as painful as you might have thought it could be. 
No, it was super fun. I was so nervous. And now you're <laughs> it was not. Super Look fun what though. Happened. Yeah, just keep swimming. Practice, just right? Keep swimming. That's it. Yeah. Thanks well, hey, for thanks. the opportunity. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And thanks again for doing this. I'll talk to you soon. You're welcome. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, again, as always, do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe to this show wherever you're listening. Um, if you've got a favorite episode, send a link to your friend and um, help us keep moving the show forward. Otherwise, um, have a great week. Take care of yourselves and I'll see you next time. <laughs>